1: As the great MLK said, we have a moral obligation to still do this podcast, even though I'm down here in Miami, Florida, doing some work for Golong and such. Bob, how you doing? What's happening?
2: Good, Tyler. It's a beautiful day up in Southeast Michigan. Do you remember that Martin Luther King quote? I think it was verbatim. That I, I, I didn't hear that thing. No, I heard something about it, but that's what it was, huh?
1: Yeah, you know, down those lines, down those lines, it's (laughs) naturally he should come up at a time like this, but (laughs) the people, uh, they're waiting on bated breath for, they've heard me blab on enough, I think about the events of, uh, the past week or so. So I think they want some Bob McGinn takes, you know, you've been, (laughs) you've been sliding those takes on into the oven, setting the, uh. Temperature at about 425 degrees. I don't know, Bob. I mean, it's just like, I don't uh, hear just to repeat. I mean, I talked about it with Jim Monas on our go long podcast and yeah. uh, Wrote about it before he went on with Pat McAfee. I, I honestly, I really don't care if he's vaccinated or not. There's a debate to be had there. It's being had by everybody. It's just the, uh, the line. You know, to cut to the chase, I mean, he lied to everybody. He wanted everybody to believe he was vaccinated. He wanted to be a part of the mob that he allegedly abhors. Like, he, 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 he was a coward. Like, he wanted to go along with it. He told everybody he was vaccinated. He said yeah to the direct question by Ryan Wood at the press conference. And then he said he was immunized. And then he was asked a follow-up question. And then he doubled down and created distance between himself and those who should not be judged that are unvaccinated. Um, Anybody with a set of ears with two eyes saw for what it was. Uh, I think that's, I think that's really where the backlash is coming from. I don't know. I mean, people are going to be pissed off that he's not vaccinated and he put the team in a really hard spot. I I get all that, but I think that the, the, um, the temperature was raised to a different level. I mean, it's been insane, obviously, because of the line. And I'm not going to lie, Bob, this isn't a surprise to me. This is a quarterback who controls and manipulates the narrative around his career. He has done so for quite some time. He's unbelievably talented on the field. I don't know if I need to, like, preface with that. Like, it goes without saying, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. He's – I mean, the Packers know what he is. I mean, there's a reason that they brought him back after he – dragged them out into the public square and had them flogged in front of everybody for six months. But uh, th- 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 this is who he is. I mean, he cares deeply about what people think of him, maybe more so than anything else. He, he, he hates criticism to his core. You know, there was a front office member with the Packers. Um, when I wrote that story, Bleacher Poor, I don't have the quote in front of me, but basically he said, this is somebody who." Still to this day, cannot stand anybody saying a bad thing about him. Like it, it it bothers him to his core. Even though he's Aaron Rodgers, even though he's a future Hall of Famer, and this was almost like the, uh, the the climax of that. Like he thought that he could kind of talk his way out of it, and that people would be on his side. He was incorrect, and he kind of tried to walk back it with a non apology. Uh, this week on the back of these show. So anyways, I don't know. I guess that's my takeaway. I just think it, it shows who he is and you know, he's somebody that's not going to be that truthful with people. And he's somebody that throws a football really, really well. And he'll be back on the field soon. And people will be cheering for him and they're going to be winning games. And
2: people will probably forget about this by and large.
0: Well, the players in that
2: locker room, welcome him back publicly. They will privately they'll see this guy as a fraud and not much of a leader. I mean, I never thought he was a great leader anyway, kind of a semi leader. And with all this, putting his teammates in danger, they're seven and two because of him, not eight and one. Kansas City, that team's a hot mess. And I saw that in the week before against the Giants, that spread was ridiculous, seven points. They beat the spread. Um, I mean, they would have won that game hands down easily. You know, he influences, he's influencing so many people in Wisconsin, so many people worldwide with his quackery, this quack science stuff he's got going. What is it, Ivermectin or whatever it is, the animal thing, Joe Rogan. I mean, all this, he's a bright guy, but he's just like a victim of misinformation. He's he's run into this and and his allergies, Tyler. allergies to the to, to Moderna and um, the, what's the, uh, the uh, Moderna and what's the yeah 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 come on that's there's such an infinitesimal <laughs> chance that his allergies are a it's factor miniscule. here
1: it's really minuscule
2: yeah and then he you know the comment on Johnson and Johnson about um, what was it the, the clotting and all that that's just again so minuscule Kyrie Irving, Beasley, Kirk Cousins, those guys came out, you know, and were men about it at least. And, yeah, okay, all right. I mean, you can accept that, but he wanted it both ways, didn't he? He wanted to flout science and get away with something and and not tell the truth. He's just a distraction. Then he goes with that ex-punter on the radio the podcast on, what was that, Friday? Yeah, Yeah. Just leave the weekend for the team if he cares about the team and about Jordan Love just stay the heck out of the news, stay away from it. Matt LaFleur probably just wanted to vomit when he saw that this guy was on that show, just talking, getting headlines, taking away from love, taking away from the Packers, but he doesn't really care about that team anyway, blowing off the whole off season,
0: exactly. hoping to
2: get against fired, uh, holding him a hostage, um, jeopardizing the team. And you know, let's face it, Tyler. He did not one hundred percent follow those the, the rules, the unvaccinated rules inside that building. Well, that's telling me, right,
1: Bob? Like he he was no way. It, you know, t- speaking of wanting both ways, this this says everything you need to know about Aaron Rodgers to me. Behind the scenes, if we're to take him at his word, which is a pretty, you know big leap to take at this point he said that he had his mask on you know walking around the facility okay fine but when those cameras when those cameras were on you bet your ass that mask was off you know because he led everybody to believe that he was vaccinated when that uproar was reaching its fever pitch with kirk cousins lamar jackson cole beasley all that That's when he created that distance. That's when he had the mask off. And every other unvaccinated Packers player, to my knowledge, was on a Zoom call with reporters. So he was given that special treatment. This is the deal the Packers cut. And you know what? I wrote it back in July and August. When you welcome this guy back, I get it. He's very talented. All right? If you win a Super Bowl, I guess it's all worth it. History tells you he'll lose in the NFC Championship game. That's what history tells you. But when you did that, when you allowed him – to come on back and you, you didn't take your three, four, first round draft picks, second round draft picks, whatever the hell you could have wanted for a reigning MVP. You, you're bending the knee to use a game of Thrones term. I mean, you're allowing him to do whatever he wants. I mean, the Packers knew that the league knew, I mean, he petitioned to have his treatment approved as a vaccination. So the NFL sees him in those press conferences without the mascot breaking protocol which that's a whole other debate i mean i think we are, we're in agreement like the rules that the nfl has put in i mean they're flying by the seat of their pants like they're not they're not standing by anything that they put into writing which is a joke and the nfl has really been a joke from the way the games have been called to the taunting to all this stuff but anyways i mean the, the the deal the packers cut was basically you know you have full reign and aaron Rodgers has kind of become what he despised early in his career you you covered Brett Favre at the end. I was just an intern at the Shawnee Leader in the Packer Report. You know, still <laughs> going to college. That's when we first met. I was at Syracuse. I I just wanted to be out there, um, living out of a hotel in Shawnee, Which, by the way, when the I was out there that summer, that's when the cult kind of overtook Shawnee. There's all kinds of stories out there. Armin Katayan, sixty minutes was out. It was it was nuts, but um, right. But like toward the end of Brett Favre. Like he had his own parking space in the stadium. He had a separate locker from the rest of the team. And I remember talking to Aaron Rodgers then as a, as a backup quarterback and it, it bothered him. People close to him said it bothered him. He, he did, he, he did not want to be that. And he has become a quarterback who wants all of the special treatment who thinks he can talk his way out of any situation. He thought he could talk his way out of this. The backlash was what it was. And I think he was stunned. He, he, his sources, his inner circle, told People Magazine, and then he went on McAfee himself, like that, it, that he was shocked by the backlash.
2: Yeah. Yep. So um, you know, the healthcare purvey in Green Bay pulled the pin on the guy. They they exposed all this his really damaging remarks on science and the, the power of the vaccine and the one way to. Uh, get after this pandemic, they pulled out. Um, I don't know. That's about it, Tyler. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to
1: just sit here and rip 100% of what he said, though, Bob. I mean, maybe we differ on this. Like, I thought he made some decent points along the way. I'm all for, you know, it's your body, it's your health decision, do the research, make the best decision for you. I know I'm vaccinated all right. Like, but I know people close to me who are not, who have sought treatments, some of which have sought ivermectin and it worked. It's, there's more to that than what you may read or see. I'll just leave it at that. But I'll just say it's up. I'm all about individual liberty with that. I get it. But he took it to a whole new level. I, I really think he did. And the, 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 the line and the misconception. And I mean, there, there, I'm not gonna stand by all of his statements when it comes to science. I do agree with you. I mean, to say the vaccine isn't doing anything, right? I mean, it's at the very least, it's it's decreasing hospitalization, it's decreasing deaths. There's, there's so much good to it on both sides of the spectrum. I don't care what you listen to and what you read. Both sides are, are encouraging this. I, I get all that, trust me. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting, Bob. What did he end with? He wants to have a conversation, not a controversy. He doesn't want to silence people. He's been the silencer all along. I mean, Greg Jennings, Jermichael Finley, his number one receiver, his number one tight end, you know, he he made it pretty clear. If you hear anything that they say, you know, plug your ears. They're idiots. Don't listen to them. Um, I don't know. Yeah, let's have a conversation. Let's listen to all sides. I'm all for it, but uh, I think he was somebody that was all about the mob, if he could be part of the mob, when nobody knew what he really did. And then once that was exposed, he had no choice in his mind but to go scorched earth. And then once he did that, there was the backlash. And once he saw the backlash, he tried to backtrack. And now football will be played, and – sports media and consumers and everybody in the country has the attention span of a squirrel and they'll watch him throw touchdowns and they'll watch the Packers win, win games. And honestly, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think people even remember or care about this two, three weeks from now.
2: I kind of do Tyler. It's, it's pretty big. It's bigger than normal. You know, it's on, I mean, it's part of the nightly news on the three networks and New York times, Washington post, no, he's going to be a pariah much more in a lot of quarters than he, than he's ever thought of being um, very few players have attained his celebrity and ha- have become this big in a non-football issue. Uh, people aren't going to forget this one.
1: You might be right. Uh, I don't You might know. be right. I asked Jim Monis this on our other podcast. After all of all of the events of the past couple weeks, you're running the green bay packers and it's 2022 do you do everything in your power to keep this guy or do you trade him what he say? he says he would still do everything in his power to keep him <laughs> because it's so hard to find a quarterback
2: <laughs> maybe they have a quarterback we'll talk about that later Okay. All right. That's a
1: good non-answer, Bob. <laughs> Solid job there. Um, All right. Let's get into why uh, we have to rip the Packers for an hour for not giving the ball to A.J. Dillon 40 times. Let's, let's all right. right rating the that.
2: Packers in their <laughs> 13-7 to loss against the wonderful Kansas City Chiefs. They're a mess. Okay. Stars of the game. A.J. Dillon, number one. Mr. uh, Dontrell Savage two, and Chris Barnes number three. Footballs: the receivers got two, the O line got two, the QB got one and a half, the RBs got four, the D line got three, linebackers got three, defensive backs four and one half, the kickers got one and a half, the special teams got one half. Overall, the Packers got two and a half. So let's go to the, uh, the receivers first. Okay. Tyler, six, uh, 63 possible snaps on O. snap counts were they're all back this week. So, uh, Jordan love had a full complement of players. Uh, Adams, 58, Alan Lazard, 53, Valdez, Scantling 34 Cobb 33 St. Brown three, Amari Rogers zero, for only the second time in nine games. Malik Taylor, zero. And Winfrey, Joan Winfrey, who played 54 the previous game, was uh, back on the practice squad. Okay. Um, let's talk about Mercedes Lewis. Yes, he does a lot of good things at the point of attack. He's, he's, he's like a third tackle. He weighs, I don't know, 275. He's a big man and he likes to block. He does a lot of good things at the point of attack. He also misses on the backside because he lacks athletic ability. He's stiff and he's a bender. two cases in point. Um, on one drive, he missed a cut block on Frank Clark on a second and seven, and it just wrecked a drive and they ended up uh, having to punt. And on that play, he motioned over a short motion from out wide to, to right near Clark in a wing position. He could set up anywhere he wanted on that to get a good angle on Clark. Yet, he was laid off the ball. Clark went right by it, screwed, uh, hammered, I can't remember the running back, uh, loss of a yard. Now, later on another drive, uh, he again motioned down, got in the wing position exactly where he wanted to be. Here's, um, oh, uh, the defensive end, um, Melvin Ingram, cuts inside. He's late. Dylan's tackle for a one-yard gain ruins another drive. I mean, there are disadvantages to having this guy on the roster. He hasn't played a special team snap all year. Obviously, he, he's not going to threaten the seam against uh, cover two or two-man or anything like that. He's a good point-of-attack blocker. On the backside, on cut blocks, I think he's subpar. I take the athletic 245-pound 45 pound guy doing that. Than this guy who can't get off the ball and he's stiff. Okay, so they lo- they miss Robert Tunyon. There's no question about that. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Daphne and um, you know Lewis
1: is a good friend of Aaron Rodgers though, Bob. I th- I hope he should know that.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. Good. And um, Degora later. Okay. Wide receiver Adams. Um, you know, he just comes back from COVID. He couldn't start practicing till like Friday. Um, didn't do much. I mean, you know, he's a Rodgers guy. I thought his body language at times was not good. I mean, you got a rookie quarterback, Devontae, and the guy's under pressure from Steve Spagnolo, one of the, you know, one of the real crafty defensive, risk, risk-taking defensive coordinators in the league for the last two decades all right, yeah, he's not in sync with you. Of course he's not. He probably doesn't practice with you that much for the last year and a half. But help the guy out, get back to the huddle, pick yourself up, show some life. Um, he uh, he was just unimpressive against what I would say our average cornerbacks, Legereus Sneed and uh, Richard Fenton and Char- Charverius Ward. He broke up one interception that, um, that Ward was going to get, that underthrown ball. He did a good job on that, but he did not break up the other one. Maybe had he been practicing and he didn't have COVID in his body, he would have had more snap. But that ball wasn't that poorly thrown, and he ser- certainly should have at least broke that thing up. Um, when they needed third and three, they put him in the slot, and they got two within inches. And then on fourth and one, they put him in the slot on the other side, and he got it for him both nice little routes well done um Andy Reid said it was Legereus Sneed's best game of his career in Kansas City um most of that was against Adams he's got to own that okay um Lazard gets targeted once one time 20 yard touchdown against Sorensen ducked under the guy that was their one one trip to the end zone um MVS, again, his speed keeps cornerbacks off him and off other people. I mean, that against weaker teams in Green Bay, and don't forget now, they've only played three home games out of nine. They're going to be wiping out some people in Green Bay, and this guy's going to be a key factor. Uh, He's a good ball player. When he came inside and caught that ball at the end, he caught it in his hands after five weeks off. He's a good player. Randall Cobb. I mean, the ball was should never have been thrown, but again, with uh, Juan Thornhill all over him deep, the guy bodied up one-on-one and made the play for 35 yards. It was a hell of a catch. Um, he gained 15 on a third and 10 over in the flat but with a very determined run. He eluded Sneed uh, within the first couple of yards, cut back inside, showed guts, and got it. He did not, not show any separation deep against uh, Snead later on in the end zone. St. Brown has kind of been used to block. Uh, it's interesting. He certainly didn't do much of that at Notre Dame. Scouts thought he was kind of soft, but uh, he sticks his nose in there. And again, Amari Rodgers did not take a play from scrimmage. Zero drops from any any Packer player in this game. That's it for the receivers, T.
1: You mentioned Devontae Adams and not having that chemistry with Jordan Love. Obviously, a big factor is he had one practice, I want to say, just a Friday. I mean, who knows how much yep. people doing on a Friday. Right. That's kind of a, with a lot of teams. You're in, you're out, you're done. Yeah. He wasn't there in OTAs. I mean, you know, he sat out of OTAs. When Aaron Rodgers sat out of OTAs, it was kind of this maybe a collective decision. Who knows? Uh, really, the truth to that. Could that have helped at all? I mean, if he's there in OTAs, at least catching some passes from Jordan Love in those, whatever it is, three, four practices. Maybe, maybe it's on Matt LaFleur too. Maybe, maybe you should get Jordan Love some reps. I, it, it sounds like he was just on the scout team still all the time. Like, I, I get it. You don't get to a elite level with Devontae Adams with the back shoulder stuff and knowing exactly what he's doing in real time, unless you played with them for several years, but they, they might've been able to make it a little better internally.
2: I agree. Yep. Well, I didn't give the tight end snaps. Um, Mercedes Lewis 29, 20 with his hand down. And the Davis guy played one snap hands down. We'll get the, uh, the other Daphne and DeGore later on. Okay. The old line, what'd they get? Two. Okay. Uh, Royce Newman. After a fast start, he's not playing so good right now. He, uh, in the last three games, he's had a couple stinkers, and this was another one. He had a false start penalty. He had a holding penalty on a, a run for 18 that was called back. Um, he got beat back door by Chris Jones. I mean, had, he had a lot of problems with Chris Jones. He allowed four and a half pressures. Did Newman? Um, he was overmatched by Chris Jones. I mean, a lot of people are, but uh, they're having all kinds of problems against stunts, really bad. Uh, Lucas Patrick, again, we've said it. He is a tough, tough player, but as a center, he just does not have his head on a swivel. He, boy, it's nothing like Corey Lindsley or he, I. Was, I was impressed the way Myers in his first couple starts, the rookie from Ohio State how this guy uh, was seeing things. Patrick doesn't see it, and it's hurting him on, on stunts, games, twists. Uh, it's a problem. So I assume Bakhtiari will be back this week. He's got to be activated. Maybe he doesn't play this week, but on Wednesday he'll be activated. He has to be. Otherwise, he's out for the year. And then uh, when he starts, that's to be to be determined, I guess, how he looks and pads and things. All right, but who do they put down on the bench? They move Jenkins to to left guard and who do they play at right guard do they stick with Newman over there or do they move Runyon well one thing was really interesting um LeFleur has never done this he does not alternate people but for the last five plays of the first half all of a sudden he puts Jake Hanson the center from uh, Oregon State I believe it was no Oregon he puts him in at left guard and takes Runyon out. Now, um, Hanson did begin his career as a tackle, but he moved to center and he started 49 games at center for the Ducks. So he is a center, okay? Now, they put him at guard for Runyon. And all five snaps, Hanson did well. They were all passes. I didn't get to see him come off the ball. Uh, He was only a three-star recruit let's get a little information on him. He, uh, six, four and a half. He was three Oh six coming out. Bad 40, really bad. 5.45 wonder. Look at 23. He's got pretty short arms at 32 and three fourths hands are really small at nine and a quarter. He's just, he's just a steady guy. And some people thought he'd be a starter. He was a sixth round pick. All right. He looked good against two, Stunts. He handled them beautifully. He passed them off, he picked them up. It was really good. So they put him in for Runyon over Newman. Mm -hmm. So we'll see who's gonna get the green weenie when uh, Bakhtiari comes back and uh, Jenkins moves inside. Um, (laughs) Lucas Patrick does anchor up against these big people. He anchors up, I give him a lot of credit. (coughs) It's not so much leverage. It's just guts, man. And uh, he doesn't really get walked all the way back. He might get back, walk back three, four yards, but not six or seven or eight. Um, But again, his alertness is a problem. Um, Jenkins was against Frank Clark. That was a powder keg, Tyler. They were just ready to duke it out, hammer it out. Uh, Nothing ever came, but they were shoving. On the pressure department, four and a half for Newman, and four and a half for, uh, Patrick. Hmm. Then Billy Turner was okay at one and a half, zero uh, zero for Runyon. Runyon did some good things in this game. And, um, in fact, he was about my fourth or fifth star of the game and Jenkins only allowed one in the bad run department, the, the, the Packers as a team only had three, uh, Mercedes Lewis was responsible for one and a half, so under tremendous pressure, Spagnolo blitzed five or more, 46.3%, by far the highest against the pack this year. And six or more is even more notable, 19.5%. Four six-man pressures and four sevens, Tyler, with a couple of zone blitzes um, uh, mixed in. So there was a lot of pressure on this line, and to be honest, they didn't do a very good job. I mean That's I- it. Yeah, Uh,
1: you'll probably get into it when we uh, transition here to Jordan Love. But, you know, is that on on the quarterback? Is it on the coaching? I mean, we all saw the same thing. We all saw Spagnola just unleashing blitzes on a second-year quarterback nonstop, making his first start. And, you know, Jordan Love is is in a split second chucking it deep up the sideline and, and hoping for something. Is, is that because Matt LaFleur is like telling him, all right, when they blitz you like crazy, just throw it up, up the sideline. And there was a play there where you saw Lazard maybe open over the middle. Uh, is, is that on the quarterback? I, I don't know the answer to that, but
2: I would they, say they, they were looking, unprepared. Looking at this thing, Tyler, at least 50% is LaFleur's fault. You got to build in survival plays when you, I mean, everybody knows Spagnuolo. It's not a surprise he's been doing this. And now he did not, it was all, his first zero pressure was on the seventh drop back. So the first six, he was taking his time, seeing how the rookie looked, seeing what Lafleur had in his game plan. Well, as it turned out, not much. There are tools to use against the, the blitz. Sight adjust. Wide receivers just go to slants. Do different things with your protections. Um, instruct uh, the quarterback who who's going to be hot for you, what you got to do. But he didn't have enough, in. Well, it's not like Love just got there two weeks ago, Tyler. I mean, he's been there a year and a half. A year and a half s a lot. A lot of guys are thrust right in that first year and they start playing, you know. So he's been there, and he needs to take his share of the blame too. Now, there were knocks about his decision-making coming out of the draft. Um, I, I, re- I reread all those quotes from guys that, that I had two years ago. The people that didn't like him, didn't like his decisions, didn't like his demeanor or his temperament, uh, questioned his leadership to an extent. They love his body. They loved his uh, his arm, his swag. He's got that stuff, you know? And he can throw a good football. You could see that. Um, you know, he's a raw bone guy. I mean, he looks just like you, you draw him up. Um, there was noise here in this stadium we've been there, Tyler. That's a really a noisy outdoor stadium. Maybe the most noisy of all the outdoor stadiums
1: in my book. It's number one.
2: Yeah. Okay. And it was a windy day, 15 to 20, you know, I mean that doesn't make it easy. I don't think that's a very good defense, but you got Chris Jones and Frank Clark and you got an old line, not playing very good. There was a substantial amount of pressure brought on because this, this coach of his didn't do the job. Um, he, uh, I can't say he panicked. He was inaccurate. He, and that was the other knock on him coming out of his, how many incompletions of his 15 incompletions? Yeah. 19 or 35
1: I, or 34.
2: Yep. I got 11 of them were really offline. So it's pretty bad. Yeah. Period. It's pretty bad. Um, you know, right away, he throws that screen to Dylan. Well, he oh they threw Lafleur starts him off with a nice bootleg right off the bat, and he throws a bad ball to Daphne incomplete. Then they get that screen, I think, on the second series. I can't remember, and he makes AJ Dylan catch that ball down by his ankles. It was just kind of the weirdest flip in the world. That was strange. That almost w- was messed up. Um, you know. I'm just going to nitpick here on some of my notes. I mean, he should have had a pick six by Tyron Tyron Matthew on the side. Yeah, it wasn't a good route by 28 Dillon. But, I mean, it was a miracle, really, that he caught that ball. Um, That should have been picked. It wasn't thrown thrown well. Um, He ran five times for 23 yards. Um, Showed his stiff arm twice on – two gains of eight and three he eluded Chris Jones once and gained five the only time he really took off without having any pressure and he should have stayed in the pocket just once that was a gain of seven so it wasn't a panic situation the ball of Cobb I mean that's just pure luck shouldn't have been thrown um timeout I mean he didn't even go to the sideline right away during a timeout There's a million things going on, but, again, this is a guy, a professional player who's been there a year and a half. Um, He fumbled. Now, this is on the fumble. He comes walking in when the play clock's at 0-2. He he just lost all sight of, you know, where he was and what was going on. He's charged with a fumble. Now, that's his second fumble. He fumbled on a sack in the New Orleans game. Rodgers is amazing in this, but in eight games, Rodgers got zero sacks. This guy in two games now has two. Um, You know, while he was being slung down, he threw into a pack of players. Luckily, it went to Mercedes Lewis, or that would have been another pick. He only had nine completions in the first three quarters. He wasn't in sync with Adams. That's a tough ask. I get that. Terrible on third down, 0 for his first nine. Team never dropped a ball for him. Um LaFleur did not help him LaFleur should have run the ball more He's got two good backs And the line Has done a good job Run blocking better than pass blocking This, this year But he just won't do it Andy Reid won't do it And LaFleur really won't do it either He could have protected Love He could have gone into a play action thing Um, Well you run Jones up the middle when you got blitzers coming in and Jones hits the the gap where the blitz isn't coming. You're looking at a 50 yard touchdown, housing it. Uh, never, just he never, he never pushed the run on the Chiefs and they're not a very good defense against the run. So that's it for Love. Um, did I expect more? Yes, um, but it's the way it goes. And we'll get to somebody else's quarterbacking debut in the McGinn memory. Okay, Tyler. So hold your thoughts on that. If you were going to bring something up.
1: Well said, Bob, I mean, on Jordan love, I mean, we all saw it, right? It's basic. It's basic game operation kind of stuff that, that fumble that you mentioned, that's the kind of play that just can't happen in varsity football. In Escanaba, Michigan, or Ellicottville, New York. I mean, you can't be <laughs> stepping up to the center with three, two, one on the on, on the play clock. It's it's bad. It's bad. Like and, and and yeah, I think a lot of it is on the floor. Like they should have been running the ball more. Clearly, the game plan was was terrible. Uh, they they should have been max protecting. They should have been doing everything they could to to slow down that pressure. I mean, because it was clear right away that they're going to bring the heat with five, six guys play in and play out. So, as a coach, you have to do – but it's on Jordan Love too. I mean, he. why not – I mean, you see it all the time with quarterbacks, right? Like, bring in somebody. Just motion somebody in. Like, bring in some help and, and change it up. Uh, you didn't really see that much. I don't think it was as gloom and doom as Troy Aikman would lead you to believe, though. I mean, my God. Did you, did you listen to the broadcast, Bob, or did you mute those guys?
2: No, I didn't.
1: It was every play. It was just, this is why Jordan Love is terrible and why they miss Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he turned it on in the fourth quarter. He had some good things going. He converted multiple fourth downs. He, he had some really good throws when he's backed up in his own end zone. There's enough there to see, okay, this is why they took a chance on him in the first round. He, he's athletic. He's got a big arm. I'm not ready to take the leap that, I mean, clearly, I mean, people have probably read what I've been writing it. Go Long on just trading Aaron Rodgers and embracing Jordan Love and moving on to the next era. I, I don't think it's time to declare him a bust, declare him a failure, as as some 12 allies locally may suggest.
2: <laughs> really?
1: I don't, I don't some think Some people are doing that? Oh, some people. Some I'm immune people. from all that stuff, Tyler. Yeah, you're smart. Yeah, you don't pay attention to that. That's... No. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's he's been written off as terrible. and Ridiculous. I mean, there's people saying that they should do everything in their power to convince Aaron Rodgers to want to be a Packer in 2022 after that performance. (laughs) Did anybody see Justin Fields, his first game, you know, early on, like, against the Browns when he couldn't do anything? I think he had six completions. He was sacked every other play, couldn't do anything. And then you see him against the Steelers. And even before that, against the Niners, he looks incredible. And we're wondering, how could you pass on this guy? Like, my God, let it play out a little bit. They they, they did gamble on some physical traits. Like, that, that was the whole point. You're not going to pick in the top five if you're the Green Bay Packers. You're not. You're going to be in the playoffs every year. So their calculated gamble was when Aaron Rodgers showed some signs of decline in 2019. We're going to trade up, get this guy 26. Develop him for a couple years and then transition. Now, Aaron Rodgers, you could say, and I'd probably agree with, has been a hell of a lot better than they probably expected the last two years. Maybe he did throw a wrench into those plans, but they knew he was a project, and I think there was a lot of bad, a decent amount of good, and anybody drawing, you know, grandiose conclusions from that game is ill advised, I would suggest.
2: I agree one thousand percent, Tyler. Yep. We don't know. We don't we know. Interesting,
1: but I think we're gonna see him again this season, too. I mean everybody's kind of saying, all right, that's it for Jordan Law. I I don't know. Like this COVID thing, we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers and the way he plays. Who who knows? Who
2: knows? Packers have been blessed with him on the injury front for years now, you know. It's been a I long know. time since he's been hurt. You never know. Okay. Running backs Um, of the 63 snaps, Aaron Jones played 40 Dylan, 24. DeGora primarily is a tight end. Okay. Almost all 15 with one with his hand down and Dominique Daphne 25 one with his hand down. All right. Uh, Yards from scrimmage, Dylan, 12 touches, 90 yards. He defeated Jones in this department maybe the first time all year. I'm not sure. Jones was 12 touches for 53. It was an excellent, excellent game by both these guys. Um, really played well. Let's start with Dylan. Um, like we talked about last week, he is running lower. He's running behind his pads. He is giving punishment, not always taking it. He also shows good feet, man. Um, he cut the daylight on a, on a run for 15, showed some shaken bacon in that hole. His first attempt to gain a nine, that was a power surge kind of a deal. He caught that ball at the shin top, man. That was sweet, 15 yard. And then he made the miracle catch on the sidelines, although he ran a lazy flat route on that thing. He made a nice catch later on a high ball in the flat, caught it right in his hands, showed good hands. Blitz pickup, I only saw him once or twice. He broke a total of one tackle. Jones broke three and did a lot more blitz pickup. I got him with six good ones, uh, most of them against the linebacker Ben Neiman. He ran decisively. Um, boy, he was square in blitz pickup. He's got a lot of guts, this kid. He has become a really good pass blocker. Um remember Amon Green became a good pass blocker. Yeah, and this guy is too. You know what's interesting? LaFleur, I want to get the exact time of this here. Um this was okay, as they're they're driving in the middle of the fourth quarter. They got first down after about five first down. Remember the one they started the drive on their own 8? Now this drive ended with an interception. But on back-to-back plays from the Kansas City 39, the exact same formation, he ran the exact same play. You could go a million years and not see Lafleur do this. Uh, Daphne and Lewis were over on the right, uh, no wide receiver. Uh, There might have been a wide receiver. I don't know that there was. I forgot. And they caved down that side of the line, and Jones saw it and just cut right out their blocks. He gained nine on the first carry and six on the second. It was beautiful, these cutbacks, back-to-back plays, nothing wrong with repeating plays. <sighs> but is a pass guy, you know. Um, broke three tackles. Okay, let's look at the tight ends. Um, obviously, they miss Tanyan and his receiving dimension. DeGora's the move guy. Daphne's primarily... A, a Y guy. He's either you know be in a wing position or with his hand down. I thought Daphne was a little slow getting out on that opening bootleg that was poorly thrown. He's a wing blocker and he's a good blocker. I just don't know. DeGora. I don't know that he's really much of a tight end. You know, I think his niche is fullback. I don't know what he is. He's a third round pick that to me is not a third round pick. Tyler. Tyler. When they took that fullback in the third round, let's call DeGore a fullback, that was the first fullback drafted that high since, what was it, 2007? When the Chargers took a guy from the Big Ten, I can't remember. It's like 13 years, you know? You take a fullback in the third, it's a luxury pick. It's gotta come through for them. Um, it hurts their offense with uh, without having Tunyon. And they got three guys that they that they like, obviously, well, now they gotta make it happen with them. That's it there, T.
1: Can they get by? I mean, can they get by with this collection of tight ends?
2: Yes, look at all the weapons they got in the backfield and on the edge. You make it work. Injuries yeah. happen. You make it happen, man. All right. Um the D line. Now let's talk about the defense in general first. Um, you know, I got all all the Hosanna's were ra- You know, coming down on the D for this wonderful effort against that wonderful Chiefs offense. Well, that is not a wonderful Chiefs offense. No,
1: it's not. They're
2: not good (laughs) right now. They really aren't. I mean, you might, if you haven't seen a game this year, you might think, oh yeah, they're really good, but they're not. But let's just look at how that game ended. Okay. They pulled their six points down with 449 left. They got, uh, Green Bay has two timeouts. Okay. They got to get a stop, Tyler. Yeah. And it's not hard in this day and age to get a stop. You just play, man. All right. Barnes comes through, gets a great hit. Second and 11. Second and 11 now. They got a nickel defense out there. And Barnes blows the coverage off play action. And they hit Kelsey down the middle for 22 yards. That's why Barnes is three in in the star department and not two or one. Okay. Chiefs run the ball. They get only two on first down. Now it's second and eight. King is way off over on the right side. They throw the ball out there to Hardman on a bubble. He doesn't go and attack Hardman. He gets nine yards and another first down. Now Green Bay has to use their second timeout. That's two first downs. All right. So Andy Reid, he doesn't want to do it, but he runs Williams for three. Timeout, Green Bay. Now they're out of timeout. He doesn't want to run, no. Of course not. <laughs> then he runs Williams for two. The clock's now it stops at two minutes. There's two minutes left. Um, the third string right tackle, uh, Andrew Wiley, Eastern Michigan guard, Eastern Michigan. You believe that a product from Ypsilanti? Don't they're they're home him. tonight in Maxon, Tyler, trust them. 20 minutes for me he jumps off he jumps false starts third and third and ten with two minutes left right if you're a good defense you make the play they they flush mahomes he runs around gary's just about to hit him he throws a ball he's being guarded down there by 39 and kind of a cover two man thing um 39 Sullivan slips. There's uh, Tyreek Hill right along the sidelines. Gain of 13, two kneel downs, game over. That's horrendous defense. And that colors everything they did for the first 55 minutes. All right. A more cheery note. Geez. You go to crunch time, Tyler. That's all, I mean, it's a collapse. Against not a very good offense. And they had a chance to win that game, get the ball back, get a touchdown somehow, some way. They've been they've been moving the ball in the previous two possessions, but no. And now we got LaFleur talking about how great the defense played. Give me a break. All right, D line <laughs> 65 snaps on on D. All right. Yeah. The leader is TJ Slayton, the rookie, fifth round pick, the nose with 45. Lancaster, Lancaster, number four in the pecking order. He plays 36. Kenny Clark, 24, leaves with a back injury. Dean Lowry, 22 on a limited basis because of a hamstring pull. He plays 22. And Heflin, the guy from Northern Illinois and Iowa, played at both schools, free agent, undrafted, plays 10. He'd only played three all year. All right, so let's look at it. Clark chased down a screen for seven right off the bat. Looked good. Um, His last play came with two minutes left in the first half. He came off the line of scrimmage. The ball went the other way on a running play. There was no contact from the guy, from the offensive lineman. And you know, it's one of those things, I've had a ruptured disc. You've had back problems, Tyler. Yeah. He just came up and you you can just see it in his body. He's spasming, of course that terrible pain, maybe down his legs with a sciatica. And he's just moving really gingerly. And he left the game and never returned. He's had back problems in the past, in addition to groin. These guys really sucked it up without Kenny Clark. I will say that. All right, let's talk about Lowry. He only played 22 snaps. I mean, he would have played 45 in this game or 50 with all the other injury problems. Kiki didn't play. concussion was it kiki did not play because of a concussion he's their other starter that's right so they're down a lot um all right let's go to slayton you know he's this massive guy right 330 340 fifth round pick he had he had ne- his high snap count was 16 against new orleans in garbage time in the opener now he plays 45 all right yep So Slayton's best moments came in that last series. You know, Barnes made the play for minus one on the first run. Then Williams on a gain of two. I mean, Slayton's in the middle of the line looking like a six-year veteran, man. I mean, he's jacked. He's talking. He sheds Joe Tooney, who's been Thune, who's been in a couple of Pro Bowls, gain of two. Then he shed the right guard, Trey Smith, on a carry for three. Then he went back and shed Thuny again for a gain of two, three plays in a row. He was doing his part. Too bad the people in the back end weren't doing theirs. Um, On that goal line stand, I mean, he got a stuff on that thing for uh, against a double team for no gain. Now he was up and down too. Okay. On the second goal line play, he got buckled. Um, And on the third and one, he he did too. Uh, He was up against Creed Humphrey, the rookie center. The Packers took Myers right before Humphrey, which is a very tight match between those two players in the draft. Um, uh, on another third and one, he stuffed Humphrey for no gain. I mean, he's raw. Uh, on a gain of 10, he got knack back about six yards, <laughs> knocked out of his gap. But the final series, he was fantastic. There was a lot to, lot to really say about this guy's performance we had no idea what he was he hadn't played enough to show uh very impressive tyler lancaster did pretty good too you know he's got his left elbow in some kind of a brace deal but he stuffed a double team on the goal line a carry for no gain he stuffed um the wiley guy on uh on a goal line for no gain he had a tackle for loss late against uh Orlando Brown the massive left tackle played pretty good left a couple plays with an ankle then he came back Heflin ten snaps didn't do anything of interest really and uh, so that was the D line um those guys competed Joe Barry you got one side blitzing like crazy and you got Joe Barry his blitz rate was 7.4% uh, no I'm sorry hold on 16.2% and he never sent more than five. So he's just not a blitzer, he believes in his four man. He must not trust his secondary, you know, to that much or his linebackers and coverage. So that's the D-line, Tyler. I got nothing, good stuff. Okay, all right, outside backer. Preston Smith, 48, Rashawn Gary, 46, Garvin, 20, Whitney Merciless, 30. Um, I expected more out of Gary. I guess I do most weeks, but he gets one sack and two knockdowns against Andrew Wiley, who replaces Nyang, and Nyang, a pretty good uh, young tackle. Nyang played 13 snaps, and then Wiley had to play 52. Uh, Mike Remmers, the veteran, was injured, so they're down, that's a third-team tackle. Gary... Again, he gets close. He's like a freak of nature. He's just, he's all muscle. He's all hustle. He's a team guy. I mean, I like all that stuff about him. I just think he should be more productive. You know, on that pass to Kelsey late, the 22-yarder that got the whole thing started, Mahomes held that ball 3.2 seconds. And Gary's over there on the offensive right. They're blocking him with a tight end, Blake Bell, one-on-one. And he couldn't get to Mahomes, and he had 3.2 to get it? No, he couldn't get to him. He got there a step late, all, as always. I think he did not – he was double-teamed lowest all year, 7.4%. He saw two doubles and 25 singles Wow! against Andrew Wiley, a guard. Not good enough. Uh, even worse was Preston Smith. Didn't have a pressure. Now he's up against the massive guy Orlando Brown, but he can be beaten. Nothing. I mean, he didn't do anything. Um, Merciless had zero pressures. You know, he's a wastebender. He's thirty years old or thirty-one. He's stiff. And he played a reverse well that was tackled for minus four. Um, You know, this was really telling. Late in the game, he had been that rover. They're short on D linemen, and when it's third and long, they play with Preston Smith, Gary, one D lineman, whoever it was. It was a menagerie, one D lineman, and then the fourth guy is Merciless. And nine times in this game, Merciless stood up over center into kind of a rover position, I call it. And you got Gary and Preston Smith outside in a 4-1 look. Boy, on third and 10, right at the end of the game, right before they clinched it, third and 10, who's out on the field in the middle in that rover position? Jonathan Garvin, not Merciless. Hmm. The second year player who really hasn't done much all year. He's out there instead of Merciless. I don't know. I mean, they got rid of Jalen Smith. Merciless hasn't done much. I, I, Yeah, he's a better football player at his position than Jalen Smith, I think, was it his, but still not very good. Uh, Garvin didn't do anything, and um, still haven't heard from Zedaria Smith. So that's it. All right, inside backers. Campbell's all 65 again. Chris Barnes, 42, Oren Burks, four, Jalen Smith is cut, you know, on Barnes, they didn't believe in Barnes, obviously. That's why they signed Jalen Smith. And I don't blame him for that. And he only gave him 27 snaps and Barnes had, had some injury problems there in games three and four. He got knocked out of game three, missed game four. This is the best we've ever seen, Barnes. Uh, His best game as a Packer, and he had some good ones last year. He, uh, I mean, he played almost like Devin White in Tampa Bay. He was right away, fast reading, smacked Williams, knocked him backwards after a gain of two. He was reckless, stuff on the goal line for no game. He crushes Williams in the flat at the one-yard line, preventing a touchdown. When he saw it, he just triggered beautifully. Um, he had a miss in the backfield, but he made great effort running through and then his teammates got the guy for a gain of two. Um, at the end, he gave up a 22 yard pass to Kelsey. games on the line can't have it. He got beat. his eyes were undisciplined. He's peeking on the play fake. can't do it. um He also looked like he overran two screens, but those and then the runner would cut back inside. But on those screens, the number one job of that playside linebacker is to keep it inside. So I think he did the right thing. I don't think the coaches would argue with that. He came over the top. He got blocked. But the ball carrier came inside, and the gain was about, I don't know, six or nine or ten, twice. But Barnes had a great game, and that's a, a tremendous development for this defense if he can sustain that. He was just too shallow against Kelsey on that play, all turned around. Okay, Campbell um, – Boy, he got blown up by Blake Bell on that fourth and one down on the goal line for a gain of 11. Um, Poor coverage at the end of of the half on a 25-yard pass to Kelsey. Um, Gave up the touchdown pass to Kelsey, too. Um, Gain of one. He's got to get deeper on that play fake. He made nice coverage on a wheel route to Williams. And – a 14-yard pass to Kelsey, he uh, he really wasn't that close over on the right side. So not a very good game for Campbell, one of his uh, most subpar of the season. Burks, boy, Oren Burks, he only played four snaps. He was in on in on a third and three for Barnes. I think they must think he, he can cover a running back better, and that's exactly what he did. They threw the ball out in the flat to uh, Williams, Whew, third and three. He came over and beautiful open field tackle. He shot his gun right away. He didn't wait. You know, he who hesitates is lost out there in that flat. Gain a two, great play. One of the best he's ever made in Green Bay in three and a half years. But he got offsides on a blitz, and that cost the interception. Adrian Amos was taken off the board. So um, that's it on the uh, on the inside, T. That's, that's the backers.
1: Blake Bell, he's been in the league seven years. It's crazy. Has he? I I just looked it up. Yeah, 2015, he was drafted in the fourth round by the Niners. He's bounced around various teams. You're right, though. He popped to me, too. It's like, this dude's still in the league? Like, boy, great work if you can get it. He just gets in there, just bashes folks. I mean, he was a quarterback in college. He was kind of a hybrid. They call him the belldozer at Oklahoma. (laughs) did that. Yeah. Let me ask you this though, Bob. I mean, we've really dug into Campbell. We've really dug into Barnes. The last time we were together in person on the beat, the inside linebacker that was under much scrutiny was AJ Hawk, who also happens to be a co-co-host of the uh, Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers show. I mean, I don't know. He was there forever is their combination and inside linebacker better than what they had with AJ Hawk for what felt like a, like a lifetime.
2: Are these players better than Hawk? I can't say that right now. No, I, I mean, Hawk did play some pretty good football Tyler, you know,
1: I agree. I agree. Especially I agree. early. I take, Hawk. I mean, yep.
2: I, you know, I saw some deficiencies in Campbell this week and Barnes is not there yet. I mean, I take Desmond Bishop over Hawk and I take Nick Barnett over Hawk too. just, you know, at, at the peak of their careers, but Hawk right now, I take over these two guys. Yeah, I would.
1: We had a lot of conversations about Hawk back on the old podcast. Remember? Like <laughs> we I, did. I was such an apologist. I mean, he's getting the defense <laughs> lined up. I, 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 there's a value to that. Like he's a run of the show. Um, yep. The all time leading tackler for what it's worth. Uh, he was there forever. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those positions they haven't really valued in the draft or free agency. They're they're just drafting guys fourth, fifth round, picking guys off up the street. I, I think that's what most teams do. But then you see who won the Super Bowl. You mentioned Devin White. I mean, he was a top five pick.
2: And he, yeah, he's a special talent. They they wanted to take C.J. Mosley or Shazier in 2014. I remember that. Yeah, the and they top top both went a couple top picks top. before, and they got stuck with Clinton Dix. No, they tried. They really tried there. And I can't remember many other situations where they had an inside linebacker in their sights.
1: All right. Keep it rolling, Bob. No, let me all see right. Now. DBs.
2: Um, Kevin King comes back after missing three and a half. Well, he missed five and a half of the last six games. He plays all 65 snaps after Stokes suffers a... Injury and pregame warmup, didn't play a snap. He was in uniform, laughing it up on the sidelines, smiling. It can't be that bad, but he couldn't play. So they start Douglas over on the other side. He plays all 65, Rasul Douglas now. I mean, do you really believe this, this guy? <laughs> Off the Cardinal practice squad, four teams, <laughs> and he's playing every snap. Sullivan, the nickel, played 53. Uh, That's it. Yeadim's out with COVID. John Charles never played. Uh, Alexander's on IR. And the safeties, Savage and Amos again, every snap, all 65. That's been a tremendous uh, bonus for a new uh, Joe Barry. Amos is one smart player back there running the show. And Black plays 10. Scott's inactive. All right, let's start with um, Kevin King. He played okay. I mean, it's like he had fresh legs and he wanted to hit people and he really went after guys. Um, he was aggressive. He forced a fumble that uh, forward progress. He didn't, he lost the fumble boy, he really attacked Hardman, I think it was. He was feisty. Kevin King, feisty, getting after people, taking on tight ends in the run game, uh, pushing and shoving, made form tackles, usually he drops that head and you worry about a neck injury. Not this time. He was form tackling, head up, hitting what he sees. Um, but he waited on that hitch at the end. Costly mistake, nine yards and a first down, and he dropped that pick. That I mean, the
1: pick. if he
2: really had confidence there, he could have t- not only caught it, he would have taken that thing to the house. Hmm. Um, so that was Kevin King. Douglas, he got another penalty. That's his fourth penalty in three games. Holding penalty on third and eight against Tyreek Hill. You know, he covered Tyreek Hill a lot with safety help over the top. I mean, they weren't – he wasn't out there. They were clouding there all the time. Joe Barry was a zone guy this week all the way. Um, Rasul Douglas, he's not afraid. He uh, They try to target him, and he jumps under routes and things. He's kind of got some moxie. I don't think he's a big, great tackler, but – he kind of carries himself. He's an interesting cat. He plays pretty good. All right, Sullivan um, did some good things. He got minus four. He tackled a guy on a reverse. Uh, he was tight on um, Tyreek Hill one time on a deep ball. that fell incomplete. <sighs> I know it's tough hanging with Tyreek Hill for six, seven seconds. I know it's a bitch. The game's on the line, all right? You got to do it. You can't slip. You just can't. He slips and Hill catches the ball for 13. Amos maybe should have come over from uh from that two shell quicker, too. He but he just wasn't good enough to stick on Hill for that long. And all right, what are you gonna do? All right, the safeties. Amos, he's just got good command out there. Not only is a good tackler, he just he lines people up, he runs the show. That's not Savage, that's Amos, you know. It might cost him some accolades. It might cost him some things, but I think he's really an unselfish guy, and he's a pretty good player. Savage had one of his best games in Green Bay. Um, he had a tackle for loss on fourth and one, on a great read in the flat. He uh, he screwed up a a, a a bubble against Hardman, in which Hardman fumbled, but they ruled it after that he was down. Um. He broke up a pass to Josh Gordon in the middle, a really nice play. His height was a killer on that touchdown pass to uh, to Kelsey, the one-yarder, but he really had a good game. He, um, he was good. He was really good. So that's it on the DBs, T.
1: Yeah, I think you put it well. Like, it's just – it's not – not an easy ask to guard Tyreek Hill all game, but that, that's why Tyreek Hill's dangerous. One play, boom, game over. Um, but I, I would think that, they, that they've got to be pretty happy given the circumstances. I mean, you lose a starter in pregame warmups. Like, that, that's crazy. I, I couldn't really dig up more detail on that. They, they didn't really say, but I, I guess he's good to go now, Eric Stokes.
2: We'll find out tomorrow with the injury report. I don't know for sure, but... Strange. Yeah, strange. that left them. I think that, that left nine starters. They were down nine starters. That's a bunch. Kansas City was down two.
1: Since we probably won't get into it here on out, I mean, what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? I'm like, man, this isn't what we've seen. That This is a hell we've died on a go-long from day one. I mean, Patrick Mahomes being something we haven't really seen before. I mean, Jim Monas had a shot to draft him and has been so transparent on what scared them. And, and really, this is the kind of stuff that scared him is just um, the impatience, the the risk-taking. You're seeing... That, so how often were the Packers just sitting back there with two safeties?
2: Quite a bit. That's yeah, what it quite is. I mean, that's, that's that's the
1: NFL today. Everybody's doing it.
2: And that's what the Giants did the previous Monday night, I think that was. Yeah. Or- so he
1: doesn't want to just pick and poke and work 13 plays down the field. That I'll probably write on it at some point. It, it just seems like to me, if you're the Cleveland Browns, if you're even, I don't know, the Denver Broncos, the Pittsburgh like these teams that don't necessarily have an elite quarterback but want to pound away with the run, they have a shot this year to do some damage because the big plays just aren't there like they were years past. And it's it's not even like this new phenomenon. I remember on the beat with you, teams were doing this to Green Bay after that 2011 season when they set all those records.
0: Mm-hmm. And they
1: struggled running the ball and they kind of had to work through a, a rough patch. You know, they'd had like James Starks was in and out of the lineup, hurt Ryan Grant was on his last legs. And then the year after that, is when they drafted Eddie Lacy and Jonathan Franklin, and Lacy had the two good years before eating his way out of the league. But I guess you just have to run the ball, and Andy Reid doesn't necessarily want to do that a hell of a lot.
2: You know, the GM, Brett Veach, and Reid, I mean, they feel they got this wonder kind of quarterback, and they're going to keep feeding this thing, you know, the crazy passes, the no look, and all this stuff. They're kind of enabling him when they really need to, to run the ball and throw underneath this cover too to get them out of it, uh, but Reed just won't do it, and so it's a mess. Uh, <laughs> their line is not that good. They retooled this whole thing, but the line is not that good, and maybe they get Hilaire Edwards back. That helps them, but their backs are really just ordinary guys. Yeah. They sure got a great punter in Tommy Townsend, though. What a game. Holy man. And Get into his those net, special
1: teams then. Let's
2: hear it. His net, six punts, he netted 54.3 with five inside the 20. Wow. That didn't help Jordan Love at all. These bungling ineptitude of the uh, special teams of Maurice Drayton. Okay, He's let's look at the kickers two, first.
1: Yeah, two field goals left on the board, as I'm sure you'll get in. kind of gets lost.
2: In all right, so they change long snappers, right? They come with uh, – What's Wordle? Stephen Wordle. Yeah, yeah. They fire, they fire Hunter Bradley, and they come with Stephen Wordle, who was the best guy in that draft, and he's out of Iowa State. First game he Bob McGinn he's ever... called
1: it. Bob McGinn called it right here, right? You saw this. Well, score. I didn't
2: know for sure. I was thinking one of these weeks they would, and they finally did it. All right. The problem is he was no better. <laughs> he snapped three times for placements. Each time. The laces were not perfect. Over three. Okay. So the first one, 40-yard field goal from the right hash. The laces come back and they're to the left, pointing straight left when Bajorquez puts it down. He makes he spins that ball just a what's the word infinitesimally? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Crosby. You're looking down. All he sees is white over there on the left side. And he misses wide left just by a couple feet. You could see his face. He's absolutely disgusted. Crosby's a great guy. We know him, Tyler. This guy is not a finger pointer. He is true blue all team. He's a company guy. You love Mason Crosby. They're letting him down, man. Okay. A couple minutes later, he's got a 37-yarder from the left hash, right? This time, the laces come back badly. The ball is snapped so fast, it almost goes through Bohorquez's hands. I think this guy's got more velocity than Bradley. The first one, he struggled to catch too. I think this is a, I didn't time it, but I think this is a faster snap than Bradley was sending back there. I'm almost sure it is. So there's an adjustment there. Again, the laces are left, and the guy never made any attempt Now, J.K. Scott was spinning snaps all the time off Bradley the last two or three years. He didn't even do a darn thing. I mean, was it kicked low? I can't say that because the protection was so terrible that Dennis Kelly, who hadn't been in the lineup since, I don't know, week four, he comes back off injury. He gets beat on that thing terrible, and the block is made by uh, Alex Okaver gets his hands up and stuffs the ball and finally on the one extra point Crosby attempted um the laces came back left but did about a quarter spin but it still wasn't all the way facing the goalposts and he almost missed that that extra point was went left he almost missed it poor Crosby okay 63.0 63.0 on his two kickoffs, 3.66 on his uh, av- on his hang, one kick, one touchback. All right, Bahorquez, he's not going anywhere because he's hitting that That's junk out of the ball. All right. Four punts, 54.3, 48.5, average hang, four five seven. Um, he's killing the ball, but he can't hold. I mean, I think he's a real problem on the holding. What do you do? Crosby sees this guy knocking the heck out of the ball. All right, so that's is it. Is that it. hard now, to hold,
1: Like, is it really that hard to spot the ball as a holder? Like, I never really realized. No,
2: no, it's not. No, not for these guys. Having, in why is he
1: having so much trouble? I mean, I know the long snapper is part of it, but
2: every NFL game, I watch these guys as best I can. I was watching it last night on that Bear game. No, no, the, the snap at least 50% of the time is coming back perfect laces where there's no spin required. And the other time they handle it like J.K. Scott or Craig Hendrick or these other good holders. They just move it into position and away we go. The kick is good. This is just a mess. Um. Okay, so Wordle goes over three in terms of perfect laces. Uh, he showed good velocity on his punts. I think the velocity there is also better than Bradley. So he's snapping it back fast. He's just not precise. Well, no, he's, uh, he's not good on his placement placement. All right. Um, yeah, Dennis Kelly allows penetration to Okafor, blocked field goal. Um, A.J. Dillon forgets to go out on the punt team runs out late. Tyler Lancaster forgets to go out on the field goal block, runs out late. I mean, it's a mismatch. You got Maurice Drayton, who was the assistant coach under Sean Monega for the last two years. He gets promoted by Matt LaFleur. He's up against Dave Tobe. All those years, Tobe was in Chicago. He had Devin Hester, uh, Robbie Gold, and a Uh, very direction oriented punters that's how they that's how lovey smith beat the packers a few times he had great special teams green bay's never had great special teams as long as i've been covering them that's 40 years um and they don't have them now substitution problems in game nine come on um the hold up guys malik taylor was out there and then john charles and uh Rasul Douglas is a hold-up on three punts. Couldn't believe it. And the gunners were St. Brown and Malik Taylor. Um, Okay, Amari Rogers. The punt that he muffed, right, that bounced off – no, he didn't muff it. It bounced off Malik Taylor's foot. That ball was – it carried 4.35, and it was in the middle of the field, the punt by Tommy Townsend, his worst punt. You've got to go get that ball. You've got to go get it. You've got to have confidence in yourself. If you're an NFL player, you've got to go get that. And he doesn't go get it. And Malik Taylor tries his best to get out of there. And if you don't go get it, you got to be decisive and yell Peter or whatever their word's going to be and get everybody else the hell away from there. Then Amari Rogers, a punt that goes 5.22 seconds. Now that's up there forever, Tyler. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And he fumbles it and he gets lucky and he makes his own recovery. He got lucky there. So he's got a bad decision that leads to a field goal and he muffs this thing. Then he has a 15 yard return that was nice. But like we talked last week, I mean, he's really too slow. He's not quick. He's gotta lose some weight if they're gonna salvage this thing. Uh, The most snaps uh, was Oren Burks with 19. Personal protector was forty-one uh, black. That's it for this thing, Tyler.
1: Not a not a good good start to Mario Ratchet's career. Then I mean, boy, to say that they have to ask him to lose some weight to salvage the thing. have a third-round pick. You're expected a lot. Very much so. Uh, all right. Um, any final thoughts? I mean, I just saw it come across here, Bob, that uh, while we're recording, uh, the Packers were punished via a slap on the wrist here for COVID protocol violations. $300,000 as a team. Aaron Rodgers, I guess, is the one who really got the slap on the wrist. $14,650. Alan Lazard got 14650 as well guessing that's the no mask at the podium and the Halloween party and the NFL is going to pass the buck. I mean, they did pass the buck, the league spokesman in so many words said it's on the team to punish their players. If they're not wearing the mask at the podium, that is what the rule of the law is. What did we say? Day one, go along. Just going to go away. You know, this is a problem the Packers don't want. This is a problem. The NFL doesn't want. It's just, just going to go away. want it to just go away here's here's the next shiny object everybody look at this thing that we have to present next
2: did they even have time to look at the in-house tapes, security tapes
1: i mean if you listen to them apparently they they had uh had an investigation they they talked to people they reviewed everything they yeah i mean yeah it is so
2: yeah okay um should we go to the memory
1: Hey, not a, not not bad timing too. By the way, Henry Ruggs just killed somebody, right? I mean, Henry Ruggs yeah. is driving 156, mm-hmm. double the uh, BAC level of the legal limit in Nevada. Um, just horrific, tragic, terrible. A player in your league that was drafted in the first round kills somebody else. Uh. Same same time as all this Aaron Rodgers stuff, you know what I mean? I'm I hate to be cynical, but I'm, I'm sure the NFL didn't didn't mind that rugs didn't get more play nationally than it did. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I guess we talked about it a little bit. Other people talked, but God, that, that that's huge news. That's
2: it is. That was on a city street. That wasn't on a freeway a city street like strip malls speed limit like 40 45
1: and they don't want they don't want that representing the product so that's unbelievable all right sorry to really yeah take a turn for the dark there bob thanks Tyler. uh, on a brighter note it's a time for a mcginn memory you got your newspaper there we're ready to go
2: yeah i do let's finish it up all right let's go to september 13 1992 uh, you were around then, Tyler.
1: I was five years old.
2: Okay. Well, were you watching games at that point? Were you a Packer fan?
1: Not quite yet. I was. Uh, Nineteen ninety four was the big. Okay. All right. The big move, but uh, God, at that point, my dad's probably put me in Bill's gear for all the Super Bowl parties. <laughs> the evident disappointment.
2: So this was. Um, we're going back to this game because it was Brett Favre's first meaningful playing time as an NFL guy. It's his second year after Atlanta. Green Bay had lost in overtime to Minnesota, 23-20 in opening day at Lambeau. A very encouraging opening day for Holmgren, Wolf, and company. Don Mikowski played well. So then they went down to Tampa, to the big sombrero, Tampa Stadium. Only 50,000 that day. That day. 90 degrees with 68 humidity. It was brutal. I remember that. It was horrible down there. Um, And they had some some rough sledding down there, Tyler. (laughs) Didn't
1: get the job done, did they?
2: The Buccaneers 31, the Packers three, 31 to three. That's Holmgren's most lopsided loss in his seven years. Tampa Bay was favored by two um. Yeah, I, it was. I'm looking here. <laughs> so the the visitors' locker room, Tyler, was in. It was in a really weird place at the Big Sombrero. It was right off the field. You you go down this little tunnel, but only in about ten yards, and there was the door under the grandstand, and it was a cramped little place. I remember the Raiders were in there. The first Super Bowl I covered, and that's when Al Davis was, I was following him around the locker room, that little cramped place. (laughs) Just win, baby, just win. He's going around each player, you know, all these guys. Okay, so, and the buses could park up real close to that front, to the one door of this place. I think it was only one door, and that's where the media was going, the players, I mean, just coming out. So Ray Rhodes, the uh, defensive coordinator who had been with the Niners during all those Super Bowls, I asked him if he had ever seen anything like this. And he, he, <laughs> and he just, he was so, everybody was so hot and disgusted. And he goes, never. And he just went to the bus <laughs> and he had a bag slung over his shoulder. You know, nobody had ever seen anything like this in that Green Bay outfit Imagine Ron Wolf what he thought. He hates the Buccaneers, as you know. Um, let me, <laughs> uh,
1: I love that stuff, though. Like, I miss the NFL being in that place. You know, cramped locker rooms, just a lot of the BS just kind of stripped away. You know, you you're completely talking, agree you're talking Tyler. to coaches, you're talking to players, you're getting real shit like that matters. Yes. Um, not three handpicked people to speak at a podium that have scripted what I like, oh my God. That I, I really wish I could have been covering the team with you then.
2: You're you're a thousand percent correct. Yeah, a, huh. you know, battered old press box and a crummy stadium. I love a it. Tight the locker room. Press
1: box, yeah.
2: Buses, coaches, you could talk to anybody, who cares, you know? Everybody's human beings, and we're we all got a job to do. All right. Lindy and Fani coached 64 games. He only got blown out by the worst margin once. Forrest Gregg, his 63 games, he got blown out worse twice. And Bart Starr in his 133 of his cheerless tenure, he suffered only four worst beatings. Okay, Vinny Testaverde. Wow, 22 of 25, 88%. One completion short of breaking Ken Anderson's league mark of 91%. That was in 74. He totally outclassed, did anything he wanted against Rhodes' defense. But now let's get to the quarterback, okay? Mikowski starts, he goes 10 of 15 for 75, Obviously, no touchdowns, one pick, 50.7. Mike Holmgren pulls the pin. He pulls the pin, and he comes in with Brett Favre. What's the score at halftime? Let's check that out. (laughs) I got it right here. It was 17-0. Okay. He had seen enough, and Don was not happy. We'll get to that in a second. And he comes in with Favre. And on the first series, Favre throws a pass, and you know what happened to it? tipped back to far. yes batted <laughs> yep and then they swarm brett for minus seven <laughs> <laughs> one reception minus seven there it okay. is yeah brett goes eight of 14 73 yards uh zero touchdowns and one pick for 41.7 so here's what i wrote in the milwaukee journal on the rating the packers uh Both Mikowski and Favre continue to make errors in judgment and execution. Favre's superior arm strength enables him to throw into tighter seams than Mikowski, creating more potential big plays. But on the two occasions when Favre had Sterling Sharp behind the defense heading for a touchdown, one of his hanging passes was intercepted and the other was broken up. Um, Brett said, I got my feet wet and I'm happy for that. By no means did I have an A performance. (laughs) (laughs) Then he also said, uh, let me find it.
1: (laughs) You remember talking to him, bud?
2: On that game? No, I don't that day. No, I don't. Now, there's another quote in here from Brett. We got to find it. All right, so here's what Holmgren explained. He said, Holmgren had been a quarterback coach for 10 years, but he had seen enough and he knows you don't want to pull a guy. Uh, He said, we couldn't get anything going. Got it, Skyler. In the first half, and that's not always the quarterback's fault, said Holmgren. As I told Don, it was kind of like a relief pitcher. The way it was going, I thought, what the heck. I wanted to play Brett early this season, perhaps, and this gave me my best chance. I don't want to make too much of it. So I went up to Mikowski. He said, of course I'm angry. I didn't want to come out. He told me he didn't have a quick hook. We were only down 17 to nothing. I'd been in games before, down 28 and 30 and come back. I guess he said he wanted to experiment and that was the time to experiment. Uh, Brett, Brett also said, yeah, I was surprised. Don was doing a good job. One thing about fire boy, He would never rip a teammate like that. Don didn't play a bad ball game. I got my feet wet, and I'm happy for that. I called a couple wrong plays that were signaled in. (laughs) So so a couple days later, Holmgren said, Mikowski's still my starting quarterback. Um, Everything is okay. He and Holmgren talked, Mikowski and Holmgren talked about it on the flight back. Okay, we know what happened the next Sunday, right? Mikowski goes down in about the 10th snap when Tim Kremmer hits him in the ankle. In comes Mr. Brett Favre. He's wacky, unprepared, doing all kinds of crazy shit, throwing the ball <laughs> over the place, but he made plays. 22 of 39 for 289. The touchdown 35 yards to Kittrick Taylor in the cover two hold on that right sideline. 35-yard score with 13 left. Right just before that, a 42-yard completion of Sterling Sharp. Moved him 92-5 plays for the winning touchdown. And that's the way it goes. And Favre said, entering the next. Holmgren told Favre then, about three days after that uh, Cincinnati game, I told Brett, Brett this week that either we're going to be best of buddies or life is going to be miserable for you. I will be harder on him than any quarterback I've ever coached. And that's it. So the first game for Mr. Favre was no more auspicious than uh, Mr. Jordan Love.
1: Well, that's my takeaway. Jordan Love is going to be Brett Favre, right? That's what you're saying. (laughs) There you go. There you go. And that's get the bus ready in Canton, get the name up in the stadium, all that stuff. That number 10 will be retired soon enough you heard it here on the Ty and bob pod bob that was great i love these mcgin memories so much and i love i love the recent nostalgia too because i think that we do have some younger viewers like that, that, that's gonna get a few light bulbs going off in their head you know they remember they remember that period yep yeah any final thoughts life other uh, otherwise
2: No, I'm going to Maction tomorrow night. We're going to see Toledo at Bowling Green down at Dwight Perry Stadium. How about that? It's a big one, Maction on that November Wednesday night.
1: You're a a big Mac guy now. Oh, yeah. A little Mac obsessed, one could say.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) COVID's not a problem. You can sit anywhere at Mac games, T.
1: UB will be there. You'll you'll get to see the, the UB Bowls coming to town, right? Oh, uh, basketball, that is. Yeah, basketball. Oh,
2: sometimes in football. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. I'll keep an eye on them. Uh, you know what's Game sad, of- though? that Nobody really cares about them in Buffalo. I, I wish I, – I shouldn't say that. That's a little strong. There, there, there are fans, but I get pissed off that there aren't more fans because they're really, really good. Football right. and basketball, both teams have been great. Campus is just like a little north of the city, and uh, I don't know. I got – I, I, you would think Buffalo, New York, that everybody's going crazy. For Let me ask product. you this,
2: Tyler, at that Buffalo, the UB stadium, do they have a track around the field?
1: Yes. To my knowledge. Oh. Yes. Yeah.
2: That's what Eastern Michigan has. It's the only, I think it's well the only school around Michigan that's in the Mac. Yeah. They have a track and these are 10 lane tracks for okay. big track meets.
1: I went to two problems. games at
2: Eastern the last couple of years. I may not go back and I like the school and the Mac you're too far removed. Whereas if you go to, like, I went to Western Michigan last week and Deut Perry's got no track. You're right there. You know, I
1: hear you. It does feel like you're further away for sure. Yeah.
2: Same with high school games. You try to go to high school games that don't have a track. I
1: know it. We had a cinder track and a mud slop shit field. So like we had nothing. You probably had a better field than us, Bob.
2: We we never had a track in my high school. We had a track team running on grass around the football field in (laughs) Chuck Taylor's.
1: That's how it should be. That's how it should be. (laughs) Oh man. All right. Let's sign off. What do you say? Yep. Sounds good.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone.